May I speak in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My purpose is to make you see. It's a quote from a film pioneer, D.W. Griffiths. Sometimes it's attributed to director Federico Fellini. My purpose is to make you see. Edward McNulty, who's passionate about film as a form of visual parable, invites us to a theology of seeing and listening. We believe that the God who has spoken to the patriarch Joseph through dreams and to Moses through a burning bush continues to speak in unexpected ways and places to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, McNulty writes. It's ironic then that we begin this series of listening to God through the medium of cinema with Martin Scorsese's film, Silence. It's been described by critics as shattering, searchingly tackling questions of faith, of doubt, and of duty. And certainly Silence is not an easy film to watch. It's shrouded in mist and rain, and it is awash with images of pain and cruelty. My former training incumbent and friend asked, why on earth did you pick this and not La La Land? To be honest, he has a point. Scorsese's film is based on Japanese author Endo Shusaki's acclaimed novel. It's set in the historic context of the introduction of Christianity to Japan in the 16th century. Many people became Christians, and the Christian faith gained a measure of popularity and respectability. However, within 50 years, the authorities began to fear that Christianity was being used as a weapon of European colonization. Foreign priests were expelled, Japanese Christians forced to give up their faith or to face torture and death. Thousands died as martyrs. Others, the apostates, were forced to renounce their faith through treading upon a fumi, an image of Christ on the cross. There is one available on eBay right now. It's chilling to see it. It was such a fumi blackened with the footsteps of hundreds of long-forgotten apostates which caught the eye of Endo Shusaku as he visited a museum in Nagasaki. Looking at it, questions formed. Would he too have apostatized? Histories long celebrated the triumph of the martyrs, but what of the fallen? those doubly damned by the silence of God and history alike. Martin Scorsese takes up these questions and others in unfolding Endo's story of a fictional young Jesuit priest, Sebastio Rodriguez, and his priest companion, Francisco Garupe. They arrive in Japan in 1639 at the very height of the persecution, 
and these two young idealists hope to care for the hidden Christians and to investigate reports they consider outrageous that their revered mentor, Father Ferreira, has committed apostasy himself. They find local believers driven underground, those suspected of being Christians forced to trample on an image of Christ, those who refuse, horrifically tortured and killed. And Scorsese spares us little as we follow their inward as well as outward journey in which Rodriguez and Garupe become increasingly bedraggled. They are prepared to accept martyrdom for themselves. But the real anguish comes with the realization that the authorities have understood the efficacy of forcing priests to witness the torture of local Christians. And Rodriguez and Garupe are told that the only way to stop this brutality is through the renunciation of their own faith. It's a crushing dilemma. Is it heroic to suffer as a martyr? Or is it self-centered if to recant will end someone else's suffering? What is God's will in such a situation? And actually, where is God in all this? Through the repeated betrayal of their guide, through the oceanic crucifixion of believers who sing as they are drowned by successive tides, through the burning of whole families and countless other brutalities, Rodriguez is tortured by God's silence and its meaning. Is this divine silence, divine absence? One voice does speak relentlessly into the silence. It belongs to Inui, the inquisitor whose persistent questions batter Rodriguez's faith. Inui confronts him with the idea that his piety is merely another form of van vanity. Pointing to Rodriguez's tortured flock he says, the price for your glory is their suffering. Surely, he reckons, if Christ sacrificed himself for someone else's sake, Rodriguez ought to do likewise, even if that sacrifice is public blasphemy. At the climatic moment of novel and film, Rodriguez hears the moans of those who with his encouragement have recanted, but who are still being tortured until he too tramples the face of Christ. As Rodriguez looks upon the fume, it seems that finally Christ breaks his silence. You may trample, you may trample, I more than anyone know the pain in your foot. You may trample. It was to be trampled on by men that I was born into this world. It was to share man's pain that I carried my cross. We, the viewer, the reader, are left wondering, is this the divine sound of silence breaking? Will Rodriguez place his foot 
publicly renouncing his faith. In the 123 years since the Lumiere brothers first filmed workers leaving their 19th century factory, cinema has helped to change the world. Film still entertains, it educates, it tells stories that need to be heard. Scorsese's film Silence is beautiful. The critic Adam Mar Jones says, the Japan it shows is beautiful and often indistinct, edges blurred by mist, smoke or steam. Though there are moments of intimate candlelit clarity, like something from a De La Tour painting, or I'd say like something from a Rembrandt, or better still, a Caravaggio, with rich colors and dirty bedraggled saints, deep darkness and glimmers of light, of hope and of God's grace. Silence is both absorbing and terrible. It's a meditation on faith and betrayal. As a Lenten meditation, it evokes the characters and the twists and turns of our passion narratives. We have a tempter. We have an authority figure holding life and death in his hands. We have an agonizing choice whether to accept the proffered cup and its terrible cost. There are denials and there are betrayals. There are words and silence. European Christianity readily honors those martyred. Those martyred for refusing to renounce their faith, but rarely do we dwell on those who succumb to the pressure to relinquish faith. In silence, the priest's guide, Kichijiro, vacillates between faith and confession, apostasy and denial. It makes him one of the film's most intriguing and infuriating characters. It's he who betrays the priest Rodriguez for 300 pieces of silver. We understand Kichijiro more when we discover that he's the sole survivor of a family of Christians who'd been ordered to stamp on an image of the face of Christ. They would not but I did, he says. They were burned alive. I had abandoned God, but I could not abandon them. So I watched them die. Wherever I go, I see the fire and smell their flesh. As one who can neither truly find God nor do without him, Kichijiro in his brokenness is perhaps more like us than we would care to believe. Longing for God, but fearful that he will always let God down, he asks a question. My love for God is strong. Could that be the same as faith? I hope so. I believe so. That in God's kingdom, there is a place for weakness and for forgiveness that the church can glory in leaders who are redeemed souls and Peters, that we are to be a community for all of us who find ourselves weighed down with our sins and our inadequacy, 
a community so generous that even Judas could return to fellowship. And what of the silence, the silence of God that haunts this film? The priest Rodriguez laments, surely God has heard their prayers as they died. How can I explain his silence? Or am I just praying to nothing because you are not there? The possibility emerges that the God in which Rodriguez had believed in when he arrived in Japan, the heroic, pristine God, had to die. Indeed, had never truly existed. For the face which speaks from the fume is shrunken, utterly exhausted, burdened with our transgressions, trampled by our sins. Hope then emerges that silence is not absence, but the enfolding presence of God who is not silent to suffering, but who fully enters into it with us. Author Endo Shusaki said, in silence I sought to portray not the silence of God, but the way in which God speaks through man. I wanted to show that God, who appears super superficially oblivious to human suffering, actually he speaks through a medium other than words. The image of Christ carved on the fume in silence is a maternal image, a woman seeking to suffer with her child and to share the child's pain. Endo's novel, Scorsese's film, the gospel narratives, each depict the paradox of strength emerging through weakness and whispers of love in silence. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear you in and not despite the silence. Give us also courage to speak whenever and wherever human be beings endure suffering and humiliation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.